property. We live on it. We buy it. Sell it. Invest in it. This is Propertunity Knox with Jordan Chernotsky. Welcome back to another edition of Propertunity Knox with me, your host, Jordan. We have a very exciting interview lined up for today. We have in studio with us Denise Anlansky, the CS, CSO, the CEO of First Realty Company. I actually walked in now and saw the guys from CSO and it's just stuck in my head. Morning, Denise. Morning. Thank you for making yourself available this morning and uh, finding some time to, you know, give us a little bit of insight into your, you know, your knowledge as to what the market seems to be doing at the moment, where we're heading. And uh, I think we have quite a lot to get through. But uh, yeah, I'm very excited to speak to you, and uh, we'll we'll jump straight into things right after this. Property, we live on it, we buy it, sell it, invest in it. This is Propertunity Knox with Jordan Chernotsky. Good morning, good morning. With me in the commentary box, <laughs> with me here in studio today is Denise Lansky, the CEO of First Realty. Once again, good morning, Denise. Good morning. Jordan. So uh, I'm not sure if this is your first time on radio or not, but uh, I have been interviewed many times, but not in the studio. It's usually on Zoom or telephone call. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you again for making yourself available. It's going to be fun. I can guarantee you. So, Denise, tell us a little bit about what you do on a day-to-day, your role for first, how long you've been in the game for. Give our our listeners a little bit of an insight. Hi, listeners. Well, I've been in real estate for 37 years, and my entry into real estate was I had a previous position, and I walked in one day and said to my husband that um, there must be easier ways of making money. And I was working very long hours at that time. Little did I know that that was very, the position I had was very, very easy compared to real estate. Mm -hmm. But real estate is one of the most rewarding positions or businesses that you you can get involved in. It's um, when we see people move into homes and other people move out. And and for me, it's nearly 40 years that I've been in the business. So I'm now dealing, I think, with the grandchildren of the people that I met before. Wow, that's incredible. (laughs) And lovely to get, you know, people phoning. Now they're old, then they were young, and sure. you're excited to be moving into the, sure. the no, home. There's, there's nothing quite like finding a family who loves a place and making everything happen for them and almost like allowing them to achieve something that they try to achieve and, you know, live the lifestyle that they that Absolutely. to live. That's very awesome. So, I mean, there's very few uh, other agents that have as much experience as you, which is very, very Amazing, honestly, I'm surprised. I'm surprised you survived this long in the game. It's uh, <laughs> and you have no grey hairs. Just so you know, there's no video, but there's no grey hairs at all. <laughs> well, that's thanks to the hairdresser, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> so, without further ado, Denise, obviously it's a very, very broad conversation. But if you were to maybe give our listeners a little bit of a taste as to what to expect from the market, and then let's even if we take it for the next six months into the rest of the year. What sort of trends can we expect in terms of the housing market when it comes to the level of purchases, prices that owners are able to achieve, interest rates? I mean, there's a whole of, there's a whole bunch of stuff we can get into. Right. So everyone realizes that it's really challenging if they are seller at the moment. Prices dropped dramatically between COVID and up until the end of last year. 
and we we saw drops of up to 40% mm-hmm. from when people bought in 2015 till they sold in 2021. Yeah. We're very positive at the moment because people have to move. When I say have to move, they have plans, they move out, they move in. You know, people are transferred, children move schools. And so this keeps the property market turning. And we've started this year with an absolute, you know, it's like a rocket behind us. Mm. It seems as if people are saying, okay, the prices are low enough, or the sellers are saying, the prices are low. We don't see them increasing in the foreseeable future. We have to sign that offer. Yeah. Buyers, although I have to point out the interest rates at the moment are 10.5%. Mm-hmm. And rising. Yes, but mm-hmm. I'll get to that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but three years ago, there was 7.5%. Yeah. But in 1994, for those of you around, I yeah. mean 2024, sorry, for those of you who were around then buying property, the interest rate was 25%. Yeah. The market survived, people bought, people sold. And they, they, it was a tough market. Mm, that was tough. Mm, mm. Uh, at the moment, as I say, the, uh, the, it's not that tough because bonds are available and bonds are affordable. You, two years ago, you were paying nine rand and eight rand per, uh, per thousand rand bond. Okay. Hundred thousand rand bond. Yeah. And today you're paying just over 10. Um, as a factor, per, yeah. you know, per hundred thousand. So it really, really isn't, um, it isn't as bad as what people think. Yeah, for sure. There's obviously that uh, natural relationship between the current interest rate and the housing market itself in terms of pricing. And, I mean, again, like you say, in 1994, the interest rates were 20 25%, but That's right. you could purchase a house for 200,000 rand or 400,000 rand. It's, yes, it's incredible how right. it all works. But, you know, of course, things change. Things become more modern. People want luxury. People want to you know, build bigger and bigger and bigger and get into these high-profile areas. So I suppose, you know, there's a lot of factors that that come into the value of a property. But, uh, you know, like you say, I think that there are certain trends within the market on both ends for the seller and yes. the buyer. I think that an interesting topic I'd like to debate with you is semigration, emigration. Cause Perfect. I feel like that is a growing trend at the moment. And we see a lot of people, I mean, in my in my business, we see a lot of clients that are like trying to move, going to Cape Town, going to Israel, going to wherever they're going. And uh, it's it's not easy for them to, to sell their place because they have an idea of what it's worth and they have a number that they may need to break even on. So just tell us a little bit about your experience of late with those those with people in those situations. Right. So last year we saw many many of our clients moving with semigrating to Cape Town, and in fact it motivated us to open a branch in the Bloberg area, because a lot of our clients it's a, that area is affordable, mm-hmm. and you can still get an apartment, a small home for three or four million. Mm. We. Obviously, there is, there's a market that moves to the Atlantic seaboard, but because people, uh, um, foreigners come in and buy there, we're seeing properties sell at 50, 60, yeah, 70 yeah. million. It's incredible. But it is incredible. And unfortunately, you know, you're not getting those prices in Johannesburg. No. You'll get one every year in Santos for selling for that and more, yeah, and obviously. probably won't even sell at this point. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have, you see, that's, that's a non, non-remedy. 
We have buyers from Central Africa that are coming to South Africa, mm-hmm. and they're investing here because the euros become unaffordable for them. Yeah. So they're coming in and they're buying homes for 12 million and 20 million and business parks. So the man in the street doesn't see those sales taking place, yeah. but it's very positive because there's a lot of money coming into our country yeah. that we're not aware of. That is quite interesting. I mean, <coughs> uh, there's definitely an upturn in the level of investment from foreigners from Europe and all over the world in terms of Cape Town specifically. It's becoming quite a metropolitan for the country, which is definitely good for, you know, overall, I wouldn't call it GDP, but Absolute. investment in the right. country. And uh, it's it's quite interesting to hear. I mean, like you say, I mean, maybe 10, 15 years ago, houses in Sandhurst, Hyde Park, they would be getting these big high numbers. But you know, with with multiple layers of economic stru- struggle and COVID and you know all sorts of other problems that have come up, it's just put people in a position where you know the glory days sort of whizzed by without them realizing, and now they find themselves in a bit of a sticky position at times. Right. So we see that in real estate agents as well. They come into the market, and if they've come into the market when when or the the profession. When things were easy, much easier than it is now, you know, they work and they're not, they're not familiar with a tough time. It's the people that are coming in or have come into the market the last two, three years, yeah. which have come in on a tough time and they are succeeding because they don't know anything else. Yeah. You know, we're someone who's been in the business myself 30 years or something. We've seen the ups and the downs. Yeah, for sure. But if you started in, 2005, 2006, things were pumping a little yeah, bit. Yeah, for, sure, for and I, sure. And then it becomes much more difficult. Yeah, of course. I mean, in my, on my side, I've seen of late, I've seen people who have bought four or five years ago that have now decided to maybe upsize or move into a little bigger place. They've had a kid. And they're struggling to get what they paid five, four or five years ago. Well, they they still get they will get between twenty and thirty percent less. Yeah. We're seeing it over and over. Yeah. So people, as I say, you know, you put your your life on hold, saying I need this amount of money, and it's amazing how many people say I need. Yeah. And we say, <coughs> sorry. Unfortunately, the market will not pay your needs. Exactly. It's a market related. And it's such price. a it's such a <coughs> fine line between, you know, keeping your seller's faith in you as an agent by giving them these harsh facts. And, you know, ultimately it is the truth at the end of the day. You know, it's not always something that these guys want to hear. It's not always something that we want to say. But, you know, rather than wasting a person's time or leading them on or selling them a dream or making false promises, you know, it's time to crunch down at the end of the day. Absolutely. So at the moment, where we're very fortunate, we have all the numbers available to us, which we didn't have 10, 15 years ago. And a touch of a button, you can see what's happening in the market, the price range. And we encourage our our agents are now called property practitioners. Yes, we are. Yeah. But (laughs) we still use the the word between ourselves, agents. Yeah. They have all the facts and figures. It's people that will listen. That we manage to sell those properties yeah. in a month, in two months, sometimes three months. No, for sure. Um, our record of the, w- the longest sale it's ever taken was done the other day for 3,300 days. A property in Bryanston where the seller wouldn't listen. It's like nine years. Yes. Wow. Yes. And can, you can imagine up and down, up and down. But I, oh. that, that particular agent of ours that works in Bryanston is so focused and so de- you know, yeah. she knew these people were finally going to leave and she held on. Jeez, you know, it's sir. leaving, leaving off and going back again and stopping. Yeah, yeah. But that, that 
holding on, you know, and that's, that's what we have to yeah. do. It's crazy. I mean, I feel like over the years, for what reason, I'm not too sure, but there seems to be somewhat of a stigma between sellers and their agents. I mean, at the end of the day, you're hiring an agent to do a job for you. But something my dad always says to me is, if you go to the pet shop yes. and you buy yourself a pet puppy, you don't go and sit in the garden and bark yourself <laughs> while, you, while the puppy sits inside, you know? Yes, yes. At the end of the day... It's important for an agent to communicate their intentions clearly with the seller. This is it. It's to keep the seller updated exactly. and show them what is happening in the exactly. area and on a continuous basis. Exactly. And I feel like the better mm -hmm. agents nowadays are the ones that are able to bring brutal information and brutal feedback and, you know, really not beat around the bush. I mean, it's gotten to the point where you might be saying to yourself, I don't even know if it's worth holding on to this property anymore because this guy's not going to budge. And that's okay. It's his prerogative. Yes. And then it's, yes, absolutely. So yeah. it's, it's a discussion between the seller and the agent. Hmm. And, um, we tell our agents often, you know, rather tell the seller, don't prostitute the property, yes, exactly. take it off the market. And then we'll, we'll talk to, we'll keep yeah. on talking to you. And when we see a little bit of action coming back in, we'll sure. talk to you. No, exactly. It's again the reason. So we have, um, very, very, very hard for an older pe person, people that want to move to retirement village. Mm. They need X amount to move. The market won't pay. They lose their place if they don't buy at a particular time. And every day it's getting worth, le it's worth less and less and less. Well, and let's less. hope that we're at the bottom of yeah. the market. The activity we've seen since the beginning of the year yeah. is maybe an indication that the market is at its lowest point. Yeah, let's hope. Despite the fact that we might have a 70.75% yeah. increase in the next couple of months. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I like to remain as optimistic as possible in my day-to-day, -day, but, you know, as, as someone who strives to really communicate the truth as honestly as possible, I really do believe that this market still has the potential to drop further, which is another motivation for sellers, if need be, if you're in a rush, now's the time to sell. Because Lord knows when the interest rate goes up, the converse effect generally is that the prices of properties will go down. So, you know, if you're already in a position where you feel like you might have to take a bit of a hit, it's likely that if you aren't listening to your agents at this point, you may take a bigger hit in six months' time. Well, but that is, you know, if you are ser if a person is serious about selling and has a need to sell, yeah. um, listen to the agent. And even sometimes if you're taking a lower price and you're buying, you need a bigger home. So you're moving upwards or, in, you know, increasing your asset base. It's better to take a knock on your house because you're going to be t not paying as much as you would have exactly. for, the high, for the more expensive property. What you property. lose on the swings, you gain back on the roundabouts. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, it's, it's tough though as well because there is that emotional component. You know, you're a person who you built your house in 2008. You really put your blood, sweat, and tears and money into it. It's been your family home for the last 10, 15 years. You have memories there. You raised your children there. You got your first puppy there. So there is that level of emotional valuation that comes in from the seller's side. I mean, I've, I've met with people who say, I paid X. I put in X. So I want X plus X. That's it. Right. And that's when we have to say you've enjoyed it. You've lived your, your life there. That's that was the benefit of home ownership. You could do what you want, how you wanted to the house, etc. But you've enjoyed it. Yeah. So if you have to discount the price that you might feel that the property is worth at the time, that's going to help you yeah. uh, move on in life. No, exactly. And at <clears> the end of the day, unfortunately, you know, things change. 
and you know values change, opinions change, family sizes change, and your needs change. So at the end of the day, you know, while it's all well and good to have a number in your head, it's important that a you hire a qualified real agent that knows what they're doing, and b that you work hand in hand with your agent, and that your agent has your best interests in mind. So when you say to work with a qualified agent, um, it's to work with an agent who knows the area. Even if they've only been in the business a year or two, they they would have been trained and they should know the area that you're living in or they're working in, but absolutely everything yeah. about it. Two of our agents sold eight properties each in um, November last year, wow. despite the market. But what's their strengths? Knowing the area, knowing the prices, being able to t- show the clients mm. that these are the values that are, are, are being the properties are being sold for yeah, at the moment. For sure, yes. and it's such a price-sensitive market. I mean, it always is. But it always is, but it's yeah. that emotion that comes in, that frustration yeah. when you're showing a property and the lights aren't on. No, exactly. <laughs> it's a, it's it's really tough. It's heartbreaking at a, at, at times to you know, to say to a person, "They are the." is the place you bred your family you put five million into this place you're not going to get more than four it's yes. it's it's gut-wrenching it really is i mean i would hate to be in that position myself but you know sometimes i suppose we become victims of the market as opposed to victims of our past decisions right but one has to take all the factors into account and very often with first-time homeowners they buy they buy in and aren't schooled enough or not educated enough on what to do and when, you know, that they have to pay levies, that they have to pay, keep up to date with rates and taxes yeah. and so forth. So if you're, the agent who's working for you doesn't know all the information about the property they're selling, yeah. you are not going to get the best service or the best prices. Yeah. So it's best to share with your buyer mm-hmm. and you'll, you'll both have a good sort of outcome from yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And look, at the end of the day, when your agent is selling your property, let's just say the commission rate is 5%. Mm. It's not just a payday for them. They have a 5% stake in the sale of your home. So Absolutely. if you want to sell it for more, they're going to earn more. If you have to sell it for less, they're going to bite the bullet with you. You know, It's not a case of agents trying to push you into a corner to sell your house for peanuts. It's a case of getting it done before it gets worse. Well, absolutely. And people say, well, you know, unfortunately in this market, as an agent walks in, they say, well, what's your dis- uh, what's your commission? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, instead of listening to what the agent's going to do. Yeah. And um, obviously it's in their interest to get the best price, mm-hmm. even if the sellers don't feel that. And it's not for the slight amount of the, you know, the commission on another 100,000, yeah. whatever. It's the feeling I've done my best. Yeah. I couldn't do more. And, no, that, exactly. and that encourages them also, if they get a high price for property, they can yeah. go to the next prospective seller no, and exactly. say, look, you know, we push, we will get the best price the market yeah. will pay. No, exactly. I need to just stop us for one second. We've yes. got a question for you from one of our listeners. Right. Um, I'll, I'll read it to you. Morning, Jordan. Our home is in a trust, and we decided to sell, and the tax man wants to take 43%. We are now selling with a 99-year lease story. What does your lovely lady have to say about that? Well, I'd love to know where he's selling with a 99-year lease. Perhaps it's a waterfall area or is you know that because m- m- most places aren't 99 year lease yeah. except that midrand waterfall area that I know of or golf courses or <laughs> so on, uh, yes of course on the estates yeah, yes yeah. yes yes but if it's registered in an estate the what the situation is the receiver or the capital gains tax is calculated at 50% of the 
50% of the profit that you make on the property. And then that 50% is taxable at your nominal tax rate. So my advice is to speak to your the, your own personal accountant because they know what you, your your tax situation is about. Tell them what if there is a profit. If there's no profit, there's no tax to pay. Yeah. But obviously, in this case, he's saying forty three percent, and that could be the nominal tax. You know, the tax worked out after the nominal tax rate, but it seemed pretty high. Normally, ends up at about twenty seven, twenty eight percent, taking into account the nominal tax rate. Okay. okay. But my advice is take it to your personal accountant, show all the expenses because you can deduct all the expenses, you know, such as agents fees, such as when you moved in, all the expenses you incurred. Yeah, repairs. Sorry, not repairs. Initially. Um, No. No. It's it's where you – well, if it's a repair, it's not a replacement, for instance, of a – Sewing pool cover or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. It has to. Well, that that what it that's what it is. I'm sorry. It's the it's increasing the value of your home. Whatever you know, if you put in a swimming pool, if there wasn't a swimming pool, okay. Um, but it's if it's a, you're replacing the kitchen, you can use that. But if you're fixing a kitchen door, mm-hmm. you can't use that. I okay, see. so it's normal. So any upgrades and whatnot. Yes, okay. yes, okay, yes. Okay, interesting. So, but please, as I say, don't listen to your agent in terms of the tax because they don't know your personal tax situation. So please ask for ask your accountant. I will. Oh, right. We've actually got another response from Miss Kruger. Um, it's a freestanding house and they've been there for 30 years and are downsizing. Interesting. Well, Carol, I hope that we, uh, well, Denise has <laughs> to some extent answered your question. Um, it looks like the best way to go about it would be to contact your financial advisor or your accountant and perhaps look at the, the routes that you can take through there. Let's swing to a break and we'll be back shortly. Property. We live on it. We buy it. Sell it. Invest in it. This is Propertunity Knocks with Jordan Chernotsky. Welcome back. Hope you didn't miss us too much. It's been a very interesting conversation this morning with Denise from First Realty. We've just been sort of discussing the market at the moment, what sort of position you'd find yourself in if you're trying to sell, you know, just the general goings on in the market. And uh, it's been a very interesting conversation so far. The minutes are just flying by. Absolutely. Uh, we also had a we had a bit of engagement from uh, Miss Kruger Carol just regarding the sale of her home, which uh, you know perhaps requires a little bit more attention from a financial accounting point of view. But uh, we hope that your question to some extent has been answered. Let us move on slightly. I just wanted to ask you. So back to the market at the moment. Obviously, the market is dynamic and it's forever changing. But would you say, for the foreseeable, which side of the market is going to, I won't say survive, it'll all survive, but which side of the market do you think will have a lot more activity, your freestanding or your sectional title, what? What have you guys experienced at the moment? Right. So f- from COVID, we find out that people who are in apartments find it too small. A lot of people are, have made a home office and they are enjoying working from home. And it's interesting this morning, I think it was on ENC, ENC3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they were talking about making an office. Having a hotel feeling where we should have a lovely reception yeah. and be offering coffee and so forth, um, because people 
are used to working. They're yeah. saving petrol, but we want them in the office. A lot of a lot of business owners want the, the yeah. people back in the office. So it's to make the office as friendly as possible and sure. as comfortable as possible and let people see the benefits of being in the office. Mm. In a real estate agent's office, obviously, why do we want people to work together? There's an enormous referral base that takes yeah. place that might not happen if people aren't in the office together. Yeah, sure. But, you know, you could walk in and see someone working, for instance, in Valterfrieden Park and yeah. Say, oh wow, you know, I met someone from there. Otherwise, they'd forget yeah. to pass on. No, exactly, and it's not so much a micromanagement element in real estate, but you know, there is that element of feedback between agent and principal, or agent and supervisor, agent and manager. There's also collaboration between the agents, and you and I both know if, if us agents were to sit at home all day, we would all be broke. <laughs> Absolutely. The beauty of real estate, the beauty of working as an agent, is you have flexible times. Yes. And I started out when my children were very little, and I ha that was the only thing that really gave me the opportunity to be able to work. I'd work till 10 o'clock at night, mm -hmm. and from a can't remember what time in the morning and whatever but it I could still fetch children from school I could still take them to squash whatever the case yeah, may be exactly. so and that's what is why it's so attractive the other fact in real estate we having p men start in the industry that wouldn't have started before but with different situations um, arising that people can't get they you know get get positions that they would like, mm. and they're very very qualified. So we're seeing a, a much higher level of person coming into the business yeah. now. The beauty about it, I mean, is that what you put in is what you get out. You know, yes. at the end of the day, if you want to work four hours a day and then go home and chill, if you've done your calls and everything. Good you for see, you. it's just you're not <laughs> going to make too much of yourself. That's the problem. Real, it's really you know, twelve, fifteen hour day. Even if you're taking your kids to school and so yeah. forth. My biggest challenge was not being home for supper. Mm. And in those days, we worked nights. Um, yeah. Today, especially women are quite apprehensive, apprehensive. of even going. Like, even men. Even men. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, in summer, till seven, hopper seven is fine. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I remember, we had two people working for us, much older people, and on the, on the basis that you can work till you're 80 yeah. in this business. But they met a client at our office at half past three in the morning. The client was on the way to the airport and um, wanted to sign the offer before leaving. Wow. So they met at half past three. So there's dedication. Yeah. And people, you know, the, the, the agents that succeed – and work hard for you. Those people don't only work four hours a day. Yeah. I, I believe that there's always work to be done. If yeah. you're not, if you're not canvassing, then you're walking the streets. No, so exactly. Speak, or driving the streets. I remember my, my early years working with my, my principal. He would always say to me, I'd say, I think I'm done for the day at 530. He'd say, have you, I'm sure you haven't called the whole planet. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. But from an, uh, from the market point of view, I don't believe we're going to see increasing prices, but we yeah. are going to be seeing more sales. Yeah. And we also have a market that we didn't have 30 years ago mm -hmm. that's, that's still coming into the market. So we have the first-time buyers coming in, those people moving into bigger places. We spoke just now yeah. what sectional title houses. Obviously, the younger set can't afford a house. Mm -hmm. So they'll come into a townhouse but want to move out in three or four years as they're having their second child. Yeah. Um, 
the people that are from 50 up where the kids start, where the children start leaving home and they've got empty nest sy- sy- syndrome, they're yeah. saying, why must I have this big house? No, exactly. Electricity costs, water costs, etc. Security. Mm-hmm. General and, maintenance. Yeah, right. And they then will move into the, the apartments yeah. and you'll have people moving into those houses. So we have the transition happening all the time. Yeah. Um, and s- the estates, we see the estates in the four-ways Midrand area. Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't have as many estates, in obviously, Jobbik. close to yeah. where we are, and we're sitting in Raydeen now. But Waverley has just, they, I believe, permission was given for them to have a closed area where they put up many, many gates around. And obviously, properties in that area will retain prices, and we, yes, we should see them move up, Yes. That's incredible. Yeah, look, I, th- I suppose you can use opportunities that are threatening in this market and turn Abs- them into strengths, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, it's just a prime example of that. Um, so, you know, you spoke a little bit about estates. Now, I'm not sure as to the exact goings on at the moment. I mean, I've, I used to work at Ive Africa and I right. sold all of the development stock there, but again, that's 50 kilometers out of Joburg. That's so right. To bite the bullet and go live there, it's, it's a bit of a, it's a schlep, you know, you, 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 you're cutting connection with most of the people you otherwise would associate with, and it becomes a little bit harder to engage with them. But are you st- are you still seeing a lot of investment into estates? Are people moving out absolutely, of there? Absolutely, absolutely, yes. Someone joked at the office the other day that if if people from Boxburg area aren't from a lot on the East Rand, yeah, they what are the semigrating. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> to Cape Town, and a few are going overseas, uh, or otherwise they're moving into the estates. Mm. Now, I was in Menland Park, um, Pretoria East, or adjacent to Menland Park. There's about 4,000 properties quite close to each other, estates. Yeah. Um, and then Baldwin's has a, a, an estate there that's called the Blyde, where they have the sea. So yeah. you find a lot of people are renting their property out, and they're only renting it out from a Friday to a Sunday. People go into the estate, and it's like a beautiful weekend yeah. away, much cheaper than a hotel, like obviously. Yeah. So it's, it's different. Yeah. So it's different lifestyles mm. um, that come up, ev- and in the one of these estates, interleading estates, they've even got a game reserve where you go from one estate Jeez. into another. You've got those metal grids. That the animals can't cross over, and from an estate where the properties are selling at maybe four to six million, just driving over the grids, you into yeah. a ten million estate, That's and amazing. we saw kudu, and you have no idea the beautiful wow. and little buck and so forth running around. That sounds like a reserve, yes. like a nature reserve. And the other point is, there's no walls in these estates. Yeah, phenomenal. You know, why go overseas where you can have that lifestyle? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's incredible. I mean. It's a completely different lifestyle living in an estate. Yes. I mean, I suppose depending on which estate you're in, the amenities and whatnot just make it that much better. But from a security aspect, generally, you yes. know. This, it's so four ways, I'm not sure if you know, there's a shul in four ways. And there's quite a lot, a big Jewish uh, community there now. Hmm. A lot of people in the estates and just driving towards to the shul or you know, wow. those are people that drive on Shabbos. <laughs> yeah, the naughties. <laughs> <laughs> but they're going to shul. It's better than yeah, nothing. Better no, than exactly, nothing. exactly. Yes. That's very interesting. Um, so there is a specific topic that you and I have agreed that we need to cover. And I hope 20 minutes will be enough because this is something that is becoming indescribably inconvenient, terribly just painful at this point. 
what sort of impact in terms of commercial or the commerce behind property sales, purchasing, da 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 da, da have you seen how has that been affected by load shedding at this point? The L word, we should call it. I believe everything's been, um, whether it's you're a hairdresser or, you know, property owner or property fund, what, whatever the situation, it's being affected. Yeah. So many, many properties and the, uh, the commercial properties are the ones that usually can afford to put in a generator. And so, they, for instance, our property where we're in, we have a v- massive generator, and there's a 20-second 20, 20 changeover from load shedding to or vice versa yeah. to electricity. Um, so we, we don't feel it when we're in the offices. Yeah. But driving hampers people. You know, that time factor, if you say, well, I'm going to be in Santon in 20 minutes, yeah. And it can take you 40 minutes because every yeah. st- robot is not working. Sure. So it impacts the driving, the living. Um, some of our, our staff that um, get to work at 7 in the morning, we have people that pr- from Germiston that would prefer to – who prefer to drive before the traffic. Then they leave at about 4 o'clock, et cetera. Yeah. But they if – there's no, if there's load shedding, they've le- they leave at 7, the lights are off. Okay, they get home at six, the lights are off. When are they supposed to do their washing, their ironing, their cooking for the kids? It's very, very difficult. Yeah, I I had a day the other day, listen to this, okay. I went to, I go to gym in the morning there by Old Ed's. I can, even though I'm not your age, I can see that you go to gym. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So there was no power at my house from six to eight. Right. So I left my house in the dark. As I got to gym, the power went off at gym. Right. Eight, 8 to 10. Yes. Then I went to the office. The power was off from 10 to 12. Then I went to an appointment nearby the office. Power's off still till 2 o'clock. Did my day, finished it off, la, 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 la. Got home thinking, oh, finally I can rest my feet, watch some Netflix. Power's off again. It's frustrating <laughs> it's beyond. It's absolutely and insane. We're not primitive anymore. We've learned, we've seen, we've lived yeah. with luxury. And, you know, you can call TV luxury. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And we're used to it. Sure. And um, it's, it shouldn't be happening. No, exactly. It shouldn't, but it is. My take is hopefully that we will get private enterprise coming into yeah. the, to the market. Please, and God. It, um, Jordan, you and I were talking just now about... Inverters yes, and generators and, 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 generators and solar. Yeah. FNB, I think, was the first bank that started saying they will allow a homeowner to add up to 40,000 rand onto their bond for, for, for solar. solar. So people out there, please take advantage. Yeah. Even if you have an existing bond, you're living in, you've lived in the house 10 years yeah. and you need 40,000. Speak, speak to a, a no, exactly. bond originator or your private um, banker and find out and add that amount onto yeah. the bond. No, definitely. There's, there are options out there, guys, for those that don't know. Of course, I mean, not everyone can afford to install solar or purchase an inverter or purchase a huge generator, but there are solutions. There's high purchase solutions for solar. There's a rental option for solar. I was going to say, so yeah. for a, someone told me the other day for a, a lovely four bed home, a rental option is three and a half thousand rand yeah. a month. So that is, re, you know, gives you the peace yeah. of mind. No, exactly. And I mean, rental. look, I, for, I personally have a suspicion, maybe it's a conspiracy, that <laughs> we are all still paying pretty much the same rates in electricity, whether the lights are on or off. So if you install solar, even if 
the power, the load shedding stops a little bit. You still run that solar and you save yourself a little bit of money. In the long Absolutely. run, it pays itself off, you know. And if you're changing geysers, it's to install that solar geyser. Yeah. We have the electrical option for exactly. the few days where we have exactly. lousy weather. Aren't we lucky yeah. in South Africa with our beautiful sunshine? It's too hot at this point, I swear. <laughs> I feel like I get burnt every single day. Mm-hmm. But uh, rather that than, than rain Absolutely. and freeze. Yeah. Would you like to be in London now? Absolutely Jordan? not. No, thank <laughs> there you, you are. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's very interesting. Another thing that I've sort of realized or picked up on working with a lot of clients, sellers, buyers, etc., is that prior to this load shedding crisis, which again has been on and off since, you know, early 2000s or whatever the case may be, there used to be, a, like you take a buyer through to see a house mm-hmm. and it wouldn't even be a question in their head, is there backup power? No, they don't even think about that because, yeah, everyone has the odd electricity trip, trip every now and then, an hour here, an hour there. It's part of the parcel. It used to be an extra benefit. Now, you take a client to see a unit and it's a prerequisite. Yes, absolutely. If there, if there is no backup power, chances are, if it's a real, like a, a, a house or a family home, Chances are they'll go look somewhere else until they find it, unless you are going to install it or, you know, lay out the cash for that. It's 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 a real, it it, it does affect the the economy of the the whole transaction at the yes. end of the day. Yes. So buyers are definitely look. The first question is, you know, what what backup does this home have? Yeah. For electricity. Before they even see it. Before they even see it. (laughs) And then we say, well, you know, the banks are offering, or maybe the seller will discount the price a bit, but the sellers are being penalized for not having that extra energy supply. It's crazy. I mean, it's unfortunate, but, you know, there are some that predicted this. I don't know if you could call it that. Or maybe got lucky. And, uh, yeah, well, before inverters and generators were at a premium, they probably kitted themselves out, or maybe even solar. I mean, I know people have had solar for years. Yes. Yeah. But we're resilient. Yeah. You know, I'm South Africa, bo- South African born and bred, yeah. and I'm, I have five siblings overseas wow. in different countries. And I remained, you know, yeah. I've got... Well, mother's the same. All over, my, are all over the Af- show. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's Africa and your blood. You love you yeah. you love the people. You love the weather. You you know love yeah. what you do. No, we're Very incredibly privileged with those sort of aspects of our of our beautiful home. There are things that we need to improve on, but uh, that's sort of out of our control. I suppose. And the other thing that South Africans must remember is they can. It's affordable. A beautiful big home is affordable. Mm. One of my sisters bought a property in Australia, and for the price of a hundred square meters, she could have bought a home in Santos. Oh yeah, on two acres. Oh yeah, <laughs> I remember. I was in Sydney. Ooh, when was it? Twenty nineteen December, and yes. I was with my my best friend. He's he moved there when we were kids. And him and his brother were looking for an apartment. Now, right. obviously, you know, they're 25, 26-year-olds. They don't want to live in, like, a dull area. So they're looking near Bondi, not yes. on Bondi. Yes. Like, near Bondi, like a 10-minute walk from the Bondi Beach. We went through to see a one, I call it a one-and-a-half, two-bed apartment, but, like, dilapidated. Yes. Old. Needed repairs. Needed lots of work to just make it livable. million dollars. Yes, I can believe it. A million dollars at 10 to 1. I mean, it's absurd. It is. I don't know how anyone would even... you see, so people have to realize you have a much better quality of life. You can afford a much better home. Um, Our weather is far superior. And in South Africa, if you you put yourself out and you prepare to work, 
and you have an entrepreneurial spirit, you can make it. Sure. You know, There's lots of opportunity like, in this I, market. I do believe our roads are paved with gold. We just have to work harder to find it. Yeah. No, exactly, and I think that the we need to work together to find it, you know. Yes. At the end of the day, there's so many reasons for people to be different and look the other way and associate with this group and that group and differently, but at the end of the day, we all want the same thing, you without know. Without a doubt, without yeah. a doubt. We all want this country to exceed expectations and reach its full potential. And but, thrive. Uh, exactly. And I must tell you, uh, tell you a quick story because if people live in their pro- properties for, for long enough, not five or ten years, before, ha- before 1990, 90, or even 2000, you could really make a profit after five years uh, yeah, quite comfortably. For sure. But we haven't seen that in the last ten years or, or 12 years, right? Mm-hmm. But I sold a property to a uh, a very valued member in our community. I didn't sell it. One of my agents sold it. I'm trying to remember when it was. It was around about a 1989-1990, a beautiful home in Glen Hazel for the, for the sum of about 120,000 mm-hmm. rand. So that was, sorry. So we, we sold it at 120, but the buyer wanted to only pay 115,000. And I went along with the agent, his name was Joel, and um, tried to convince the seller, and he was having nothing. Nothing to – property person wouldn't even think of moving up the 5,000 5, rand mm-hmm. we needed. And then I said to him, I said, Is, if you can leave having a cup of coffee or not go out for a cup of coffee every week for about a year, you won't even notice mm. that you – that you paid the extra price. Yeah. He bought the property. He's still in the property. He's made major changes. Yeah. And when I see him, he always reminds me of the best 5,000 rand oh, that he spent. Amazing. Isn't it lovely? That's a so lovely story. If, you, if you're a young couple and you're extending yourself a little bit, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It really doesn't matter. What, what you do, you know, when I say it doesn't matter, you make a plan. You mm-hmm. just don't have those luxuries. And yeah. if it's a takeout once a week, if that's the luxury in your life, don't have the takeaway yeah. out. But we do see within it, usually, not in the last three years, but in a usual market, in a three-year period, you feel that the bond is quite cheap, yeah. the bond repayments. And then no, what exactly. we say is keep up with the, the you know, Add to those bond repayments and reduce the term of the loan yeah. from 20 years to 15 years to 10 years mm. by just adding as you, your salary increases, so yeah. you add a little bit it's, to your bond. Yeah. But the bottom line is, is at the, you can't look at the last three, four years on that. Yeah. But when, the market will stabilize. Sure. It's it almost will. the ultimate catch 22, the way I see it. You know, it's, it's like the, a simpler way to look at it would be to look at the stocks. So yes. as any stockbroker would tell you, I'm not a stockbroker, this is an official financial <laughs> advice, they would tell you to buy when it's down and sell when it's up. But Absolutely. the human nature behind that is the opposite. People want to buy when these properties are flying and everyone's dying for property and there's a short supply. And, you know, that's when demand skyrockets and obviously that's when the prices are the highest. And then when it comes to the other side of the market and, you know, there's all this negativity in the air, it's like... Instead of hearing you can buy a property that in a normal market is worth three for two, you're hearing the market's messed up, you're buying in a declining market, you're buying it for nothing, what if you lose money? At the end of the day, buying in this market is the best thing you can do. Absolutely. Even if it does get a little bit worse, because it's going to get better eventually. 
Well, you know? pe- people made millions and millions, you know, every time the the stock there was a stock market crash or um 20201. Yeah. Um except uh, you finding when when there's when there's a threat, most people run away. Yeah. But the investors stay in and buy, and we see now they're buying houses. They don't mind the condition. They yeah. fix them up. They be, they rent them out, and there's always a market. Sure. We haven't discussed rental this morning. Yes, Jordan. rentals yes. are busy lately. They I can are. tell you. Yes, yeah. they really are. A lot of people are saying, "Well, if I sell, I don't know if I want to buy now, and they want to rent." Yeah. And believe it or not, we have. People coming into the country for a year or two basically on work permits and they are renting at very high prices. Mm. So the corporate rental market is pumping. Yeah, we did a nice corporate rental a week or two ago. It was, it's incredible. Yes. I mean, there is, I'm saying from top to bottom, even just in terms of one and two bedroom apartments, I did a check for a client the other day. Because they wanted X and yes. it just wasn't coming. It wasn't coming, wasn't coming. And they weren't listening to me. So I thought, you know what? Let me prepare a report here. Let me bring some facts yes. and some stats. I pulled out Property 24, very basic, in front of them. Yes. And I said, one bedroom apartments and above in Santon and surrounds. So truth be told, I'm not sure the full radius of that search, but probably yes. from Santon to Midrand, maybe as far as Midrand, then back towards sort of Houghton, Norwood side at yes. furthest and that sort of circle. Yes. 3,400 two-bedroom or one-bedroom apartments on the market for on the market. right now. So what do those landlords have to do? They have to reduce the price. It's the only way you're going to rent yeah. it out. You have to position it's yourself as competitively as possible, you know. I mean, I've got – I had a guy a few weeks ago who – you know, it's unfortunate. I could see the heartbreak in his eyes, but he was, he's in a very, well, what used to be a very popular complex or estate. And, you know, he had this idea. He's going to redo the whole place and he's going to get X, Y, Z. And, you know, he wanted about 13, 14 for his place. Truth is the market, the way it is at the moment, he would have been lucky to get 10 and a half. And we and tried and we tried and I said to him, listen, we have to go down. I don't want this to sit empty for another month. Right. Would you rather take the, bite the bullet now and get 12 months at 12 or nine months at 13 or, you know, if you're lucky. And it just, at the end of it all didn't work out. And the truth is he'll probably realize eventually that, you know, I don't like to say I was right, but. Yes, he will lose money instead of saying, let me take the lower amount yeah. for a longer lease period yeah. instead of having it empty for three months. Exactly. Sometimes people will listen and, um, um, I can see you being in the business for a very long time. You yeah, have the gift. Long enough, but not that long. <laughs> I, say I you feel will. like I've been in for my whole life. No, I think, I think you're going to do, be, be in the business for long. Thank you. It's most, most rewarding. Yeah, it really and, is. Yes. And it's, you know, sellers out there, listen, listen to your agents. No, Find out, does the agent have a track record? Find out about the company the agent works for. Are they trained? Are they kept up to date? Mm -hmm. And then make a decision of who you want to use. No, exactly. Every agent's going to come with a pitch and a story and why you should give them a mandate and why you should trust them. But at the end of the day, the track record is what really speaks, you know? Yes, and make take you know, don't don't take it because of the person's personality. Do an educated... um, inquiry about yeah. the agent and the company and then yeah. make your decision. No, exactly. It's like if someone phoned me and said, hey, I wanted to sell your house what, the, the proper way. I'm a quality agent. I'm a really nice guy. And I met him and he was a great guy and whatever. I'd still rather take the, 
you know, maybe older, slower, less attractive or whatever it is, agent that's sold five units in my complex. You know? Yes, but we've got to give the, the younger person a yeah. chance there. But again, you know, talk, talking to the sellers out there, it's see all the information that's coming up. Look at, look for, look for the pointers that we have done. And then from, from a point of view of making a decision, make that informed decision, ask questions. And what I want to do add, a lot of companies, if they're confident in what they do or the agents do, will give you a guarantee that if you're not comfortable with the marketing process, they will cancel the mandate. Yeah, no, that's, that's what we do. Yeah. And that's as sure as they have to be yeah. or they are of giving a good service. No, exactly. You're not trying to lock your client in as a prisoner. You're trying to Give them guaranteed quality service. A hundred percent. All right. Yeah. Well, there's a hell of a lot we, you know, can still speak about. And Denise, please come back again for another one because we'd love to carry on speaking with you. And having you on the show has been an absolute treat. Unfortunately, we pressed against the clock. So, Denise, thank you so, so much once again for making yourself available on a Sunday morning. I know our time slot is not ideal, but we're working on something. Hopefully, we'll get an afternoon time. Joking. Hi, well, fam, if please. anyone, <laughs> when we do training, what we say is if a, a person walks out of the training room knowing one more thing, you know, yeah. then we've done our job. And exactly. to the listeners out there, thank you for listening. And if, if you learn to all become aware of one more thing, then the hour's worth it. Exactly. And Jordan, you very easy to talk thank to. You thank you very you. much, Denise. Guys, if you have anything you'd like to ask, send in your questions. I can't guarantee we'll reply to everyone, but we will do our best. Thanks so much, guys. See you next week.